peace of Christ be with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church on this Memorial Day weekend, which in the life of the church is Trinity Sunday. So uh, we still have our Pentecost decor up, and we'll leave it up for a few weeks as we're in a season of Pentecost. You can, uh, there is a friendship pad on each one of the pews, and we'd love to have you take it and fill it out and pass it down so that we know who's here with us today. You can see that our choir's spring concert is next Sunday afternoon. It is going to be amazing music. There is a picture in here of the gospel soloist that they are going to have, and I've been trying to practice some of the music with them, and it is really, really fun. Don't miss that concert next Sunday afternoon. Also, Jerry's retirement party is a week from tomorrow. There are about 20 seats left, and the deadline to sign up for that is Wednesday. At that point, we have to give the number to the restaurant. So you just have a few days that you, to, to do that if you haven't done it yet. Our children are signing up for summer activities for Vacation Bible School and for Camp H2O. And you can see that this week, Betsy Rao went to be with the Lord, and her service is going to be Friday, June 8th in the morning. You are all welcome to join us for that. On the back of the connections, uh, we are reminded about the prayers that we are praying throughout this time of transition in the church. I notice uh, for this one, we've been asked to pray every day this for ourselves, for the church, for Jerry and Kay. Jesus spoke to his disciples saying, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Let us pray. Holy Triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all that is, all that was, and all that ever will be belongs to you alone. You have spoken to us through your word made flesh. Now guide us into the truth by the gift of your Holy Spirit as we come to worship you. Amen. The psalmist call us to worship. In holy splendor, we worship the Lord. In God is glory and strength. The Lord is mighty. God is with us. In, in torrents, torrents and, and storms, storms God's, God's peace pervades. In, in rumbling thunder, God's, God's mighty voice soothes. The Lord is majestic. God is with us. The whisper of the Lord snaps silence. The unwavering sound persists. The Lord is awesome. God is with us. As flames being fanned, the presence grows. In its shadow, the wilderness pleads. The Lord is powerful. God is with us, enthroned. God rules the universe. The peaceful scepter prevails. God reigns. God is with us. In, In whirling winds, nature acknowledges glory. The people in the temple rejoice. It is certain God is with us. O oh God, who created us in love, create us anew in love as we worship you. O oh Jesus Christ, who redeemed this world in love, Reclaim our hearts as we worship you.
O Holy Spirit, who moves this world toward its God-appointed end, move within us as we worship you. Amen. Let us stand and sing together. Let us sing, church. Sing praise to God.
church. Let's be seated. Let's let the instruments play. upon us. So we sing together. triune God, you alone live in perfect relationship, one God in three persons, mutual and loving, ever seeking reconciliation and unity. You've called us to live in your completion, and yet we confess that our relationships are imperfect and incomplete without you. We are selfish and greedy. We are anxious and resentful. We feel the shame of our foolish behavior 
and brokenness. We've allowed sin to drive us apart from one another and from you. Forgive us and restore us by your Spirit. Draw us close and bind us together in your mercy. Hear the assurance of pardon from the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans. You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption. When you cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. In Christ, by the power of the Spirit, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen.
scripture reading this morning is from Romans chapter 8. I begin with verse 14. Hear the word of God. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is the very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him, so that we may be glorified with him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When my dad died at age 100, he had been an orange rancher in Central California for uh, more than half of his life. He dearly loved, dearly loved doing that. And he also dearly wanted his daughters to inherit his love of orange ranching. Well, my sister came much closer than I did to loving rural life. But neither one of us loved his dream that we would retire there, live near the grove, and raise oranges just like he did. One thing we did inherit from our parents, and I think my husband Dave inherited from his parents too, is a sense of responsibility, a sense of follow-through. It is so deeply within us that it has also become a part of our children. Have you ever thought about what you inherited from your family? What has shaped you, for good or for ill, into the person that you are today? How did that happen? Did they model it for you? Did they teach it? Or was it just a part of the culture of your family? And what heritage are you passing down to your heirs? What, what do you hope that they will inherit? Of course, they hope that they in will inherit your house in Laguna, but what else is it that you hope that they will inherit from you? What values are so deep in your family DNA that they have shaped and are shaping your kids, others who will inherit from you? Whenever I do premarital counseling, one of the things that we always talk about is the families of origin from which the bride and the groom come. We talk about the way they're similar and the way that they're different. Talk about the norms and the values and the ways of relating within each one of their families. How structured was their family? Was it rigid? Was it so loose that it was absolutely chaotic? How emotionally close were they? Were they very close? Or was everybody sort of independent and always doing their own thing? And which of those things do they want to nurture in this new family that they are forming? And which of those things do they want to be sure that they don't nurture in this family? My hope is that as we talk about the things that are obvious to them, because some things are not obvious yet, I'm giving them a tool that they can use when the inevitable conflict comes up, and that they might be able to see how the reason that they disagree about something, the reason that they do something differently, is because of the way they were raised, because of what they inherited from their families. 
In the royal wedding last weekend, we certainly saw that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle brought to the wedding some of the more obvious things about the differences in their heritage. Prince Harry, all the trappings of royalty, of British life, in Windsor Chapel itself, for pity's sakes. He had music by Tallis and by Handel. He had the state trumpeters. He had instrumentalists who were members of the BBC National Orchestra. Of course he did. And marrying, mar marrying Meghan Markle, an American, a Southern Californian, how different can you be? And so she brought to the wedding, as a, as a descendant of African-American slaves, she brought to the wedding gospel music. She brought an African-American Episcopal preacher who preached about love that leads to justice. They have each become part of one another's families, and each of them brings to this marriage a rich heritage, a rich inheritance from their own families of origin. But she has become a royal. And being a part of that family means that her life is changed forever. She's going to go down in history, for pity's sakes. And she has inherited untold privilege by just becoming a part of that family. Paul writes to the Romans about our inheritance because we've become a part of God's family not by marriage, but by adoption. The ancient Roman culture of the people to whom he wrote placed a high value on producing offspring, on producing heirs. And so couples, at least couples of means, who couldn't have a child, tried very hard to adopt children. Uh, some parents would put their children up for adoption, hoping that they would have a better life if they were adopted. Some of you are like those children who were put up for adoption, aren't you? Some of you had parents who gave you up at birth, trusting that that would mean that you would have a better life than they could offer you. In the wake of World War II, in parts of Europe, that was not uncommon. Anna Kafalis gave me permission to remind you of her story. She was in Greece when it was such a time of poverty and struggle, and her parents gave her to an orphanage. Life was still hard in the orphanage, and the children were hungry. It was a very difficult time until she was adopted by an American family from Pasadena, and her life was changed forever. Susan and Larry Phillips, who are members of our church and who sit in second service right over there, are foster parents. They are presently fostering their 49th baby. That is a lot of sleepless nights, I've got to tell you. They take care of babies who, for one reason or another, can't yet join their own parents or members of their family to be raised by them. They gave me permission to tell you that their daughter, Emily, was one of their foster children and they chose her. They chose to adopt her as their daughter, and now she is theirs. You saw Emily last week. She got her third grade Bible up here last week. 
Some others of you have adopted children out of very difficult situations. Some of you have adopted children from Romania, from Russia, from other difficult places. Adoption is rarely easy. And we have all watched families and the anguish that they go through waiting to be able to adopt. The resources and the energy that they are willing to expend, the ways in which they are so persistent in the face of all of the difficulties and the setbacks so that they can make this child their own. It's a small window into what God has done for us in adopting us as his children. God the Father pursued us relentlessly in order to make us his own. In Christ, he spared no expense to make us his children. He stopped at nothing, not even the cross, to make us belong to him. And now the adoption papers have been signed, and they will never be revoked. Think again about Meghan Markle. She was no Cinderella. It was not a rags-to-riches kind of a story. She, was, uh, she had a career of her own. She had fame as an actress. But it's quite different for us, isn't it? Before we were adopted into God's family, spiritually, we were more like those kids after World War II who had nothing. God chose to adopt us, not based on who we are or based on anything we've done or our lovableness. He chose to adopt us, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. God's adoption of us is purely because of his grace. An adoption by God completely turns our lives around. We who've had no expectation of an inheritance from God have now been written into the will. We've become joint heirs with Christ. Christ the Son, of course, is the natural heir. But now we're there too. We've become heirs of eternal life. We've become heirs of untold privilege. We've become heirs of the kingdom of God. We probably won't understand all that that means until someday we are in heaven. God has also given us his Holy Spirit within us. And one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to grow within us the ways of this new family, to plant deeply within us the DNA of the kingdom of God, to grow in us the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We read today about another job that the Holy Spirit has, and that is to assure us that we are God's children, that we belong to him in such an intimate way that we have a Abba, Daddy kind of relationship with the Father. 
You know that inner sense. You probably feel it more some days than others. That sense that you are dearly loved, that you are his. Roman adoption as a legal act had to have witnesses. We have a witness too. Paul says that witness is the spirit within us that, wit that witnesses that God has adopted us. Paul writes, you did not receive a spirit of slavery so that you might fall back into fear. It's an echo of an Old Testament story, the story of God leading his people from slavery in Egypt through the wilderness to the promised land that he had for them. They were led through the wilderness by God himself in a visual way. He appeared as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. If they ever began to doubt that God was with them, all they had to do was look. It was obvious that he was with them and that he was leading them towards their promised inheritance. When the sun was blistering, when the path was stony, when they were anxious and afraid and they wanted to give up and just go back to the familiarity of even slavery in Egypt. They could trust themselves to the God that they could see to lead them to the new thing that God had for them. And now the God that we cannot see is just as much with us as he was with them assuring us that we belong to him, growing in us his DNA, and also leading us, as he did them, to the future that he has for us. Jerry's retirement is an anxious time for us as a church, isn't it? Not only is Jerry getting ready for something new, but we are too. We find ourselves getting ready for this new journey, but we can't see beyond the next bend. We've been told what the process is, but we don't know where the trail is going to lead. Unlike the children of Israel who were leaving slavery, we are leaving something very good, a very good place in our story. Years and years of beloved leadership from Jerry of knowing him, of being in relationship to him. Think of what we have inherited as a church in those years. Think of what you have inherited. How would you be different if you had not been a part of this community during some of these years? I know that without spending the last 15 years here, I would not be the same person that I am today. Because we have been here, because we have a shared inheritance that has shaped our spiritual DNA and God is using to remake us in Christ. And it is perfectly natural for us to want none of that to change. It is easier to just stay put, rather than to lace up our traveling shoes. But just as God was with his children, 
and the pillars of fire and the pillars of cloud. By his spirit, he's calling us forward to a new path that leads to the future that he has for us. Though we can't see where it leads, he can. We can trust ourselves. We can trust Jerry. We can trust our church to him to lead us in his way. You did not receive a spirit of fear to fall back into slavery, but you have received a spirit of adoption, the confidence and the courage that come from knowing that you have been deeply loved, that you have been chosen by God as one of his own. When we start to forget that, it's the work of the Spirit to step right into the midst of our fears and to remind us of God's love for us and that our future really is in God's hands. And so we step forward with gratitude for the past and with hope and trust for the future to which God is leading us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us stand and say together what we believe from the words from our, one, of our, uh, one of our confessions, the brief statement of faith. You'll find it on your music insert. Some of you are desperately searching for it in your bulletin. It is on the music insert. In life and in death we belong to God. Through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit, we trust in the one triune God, the Holy One of Israel, whom alone we worship and serve. Holy human, holy God, we trust in God, whom Jesus called Abba, Father. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor, and binds us together with all believers in the one body of Christ, the church. The same spirit who inspired the prophets and apostles rules our faith and life in Christ through scripture, engages us through the word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, feeds us with the bread of life, and the cup of salvation, and calls women and men to all ministries of the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of peoples long silenced, and to work with others for justice freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, come, Lord Jesus. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us bring to the Lord our morning offering. Let us be seated. Me 
chorus together. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, we come into your presence, one triune God, Holy One of Israel, whom alone we worship and serve. You have invited us into the joyous fellowship of your presence and power in order to shape and form our lives in faith, hope, and love. Lord, we have joined the divine dance of the Holy Trinity. We participate in the relationship of divine mystery. Our hearts are rejoicing. We are truly human in the process of becoming and of being transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, you are praying for us and for your church you are praying for the salvation of the world. In your mercy, you have reconciled all people to the Father. You have sealed our hearts with the promised Holy Spirit. In life and in death, we belong to you. On this Memorial Day weekend, we remember those who have given their lives that we might live in freedom and peace. There are millions of our fellow citizens whose remains are buried in cemeteries around the world as testimonies to the devotion to the cause of freedom and justice. Again, we commend their souls into your keeping. We ask for the comfort of the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, for all their families who bear the wounds of painful losses. We give you thanks for all the saints who have gone before us who loved your church and sacrificed themselves for its welfare and mission for over a hundred years. They have passed on to us in this generation a great legacy. May we live with each commitment and compassion that we may continue to pass on to future disciples the vision of your mission in and through us. We ask for the gift of wisdom and grace for our church's leadership into what you have planned for us. We intercede for our nation. Grant to us all the unity of your love. Save us from selfishness and abuse of power. Defeat the dark powers that would sift and polarize us into warring camps. Forgive us when we fail. Restore the faithful witness of your church. Lord, your people are present in your house this morning to praise you, to listen to your word, to uphold righteousness, truth, and faithfulness. We bring our gifts to you, gifts that you've already given to us. 
Fill us with expectancy of blessings as we give out of glad hearts. May the giving of your people with the spirit of justice and mercy bless many lives. This we pray as Jesus taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. and in death, even in change, we belong to God. Through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Amen.